This call is being recorded. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Peter Plank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. We are very excited to welcome in our guest for today's show from pewterreport.com, the Pewter Nation podcast, and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast right here on the Locked On Network, Trevor Sikama. Trevor, how you doing? I'm good. You said that you said the Locked On Bucks podcast. I forgot you guys are appointed part of the network now, man. That uh, <laughs> I like the way that sounds. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've been at it for a few months now. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, we're definitely enjoying it and didn't realize when we took it on kind of the the task that was ahead of us doing a daily podcast but now that we're on the the off season we've dropped it down to a couple of days a week just focus on the big things and of course it is hashtag draft season so that's one of the reasons that we're excited to have you on because you are the locked on draft guy you and uh and John Ledyard over there do a mm-hmm. phenomenal job enjoy listening to you guys but before we get into any draft talk Trevor I I have to bring up the Buccaneers quote unquote news um, as of late is that Todd Munkin is being promoted to what they're calling the full-time offensive coordinator. And they promoted, was it Skylar Fulton to the wide receivers coach from an offensive assistant was, was his promotion. And I, I want your opinion on this because to me, this is a giant pile of doo-doo Todd Munkin being called the full-time offensive coordinator is completely and utterly meaningless because at the end of the day he's really not going to be doing anything as of now I'll preface it with as of now he's not going to be doing anything differently it's still going to be Dirk Cutter calling the plays on Sundays. So you're going to have a guy installing the game plan, studying all the film, preparing the players throughout the week. And then come Sunday, you have somebody else entirely calling the plays. How does that help anything? How does that fix anything? To me, this is a quote unquote tweak that Jason Light spoke about for the sake of just doing something that really doesn't do anything. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't really know what this changes because the news was kind of broke via um, via Stroud from the Times, and he was talking with I, I believe it was over text with with Dirk Cutter, and that that's when this news kind of broke that this was going to happen. And you know, he, he Cutter kind of tried to downplay it as much as he can. Like, well, this is what a lot of other teams do. They have an offensive coordinator who's just like a like a walk around coach who kind of monitors things in the offense during games and in practices and just focuses on the offense. So he's not going to have a position that he's necessarily going to be responsible for because that's normally how things go. If you have an offensive head coach, you're still going to have an offensive coordinator under you, but that offensive coordinator is going to have a position coach assigned to them as well. So like on game days and in practices, like they're mainly working with that position. So if Munkin is moving to a full-time offensive coordinator role, but he's not calling plays still, then he's not really doing anything different. And this kind of just seems like a publicity stunt um, because I don't really understand why you would even 
make such a change? Like, did Munkin not have enough time on his hands to help with the offense because he was coaching wide receivers? If that's the case, sure, you can make this. He gets a little bit more help in game planning and designing and all this stuff. Um, but if the time value property wasn't really affected by what he was doing, and instead he was just being more hands-on with receivers, which has been a good thing over the last couple of years, then, again, this this just seems like a publicity stunt kind of move. I'm not really sure what this does. You know, they, they asked her – uh, Shroud asked Cutter in the text messages, like, hey, does this affect play calling? And he said, Cutter just simply said, we're not getting into all of that right now, I basically, I think is what he said, which is, right. again, super vague. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean no. <laughs> he didn't say no. And when the offseason ended about a month ago, Cutter basically was like, yeah, I shouldn't have said that last year where I said that I might have given up play calling because I'm not going to give up play calling. So now this, what he's saying here is a little bit different. It's not, not necessarily contradictory, but it is a little bit different. So again, not really sure what this move does. It, it, it might just be a, a total PR move. Um, and if, or on the flip side, he might end up calling plays at some point. I don't really know because I'm pretty sure that this doesn't, this doesn't grant Munkin any, more of a weight in decision making or coming up with the game plan or anything like that. Like he already had that. So in that sense, I don't really know what changes here. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was basically my take on the whole thing. And it, it, as you said, I mean, it, it just looks like a publicity stunt. It's, it's making a change to appease the people screaming for change, even though there's really no change being made. And one of the things that, in fact, the last time that we had you on on our podcast back when we were we were doing walking the plank, we got into the big discussion about the the decline of Dirk Cutter, you know, the the pattern from team to team when he starts to decline, and we talked to you about Todd Munkin's offenses, and you had broke you, you broke them down um, for Pewter Report. And and we were all in on on allowing Munkin to be the the play caller. And so if that's not the move that's being made, then everything stays the same. You're still going to have one of the worst red zone offenses in the NFL. You're still going to have one of the worst, you know, in-game managing decisions in the NFL. We saw it time and time again. We, we saw this basic vanilla continuously just predictable offense and in if dirt cutter is still the play caller then you know what what really is going to change why why stick with with all the same things when they're not working it's like and i know i've said it before but it's like the kid that keeps hitting his head against the wall because it feels good when he stops there's nothing that's going to be fixed if if everything is just staying the status quo uh David, do you have any any thoughts on the the coaching changes there for the Bucks? No, I mean what what you both said pretty much just kind of makes sense and just it it it's it's like something but nothing all at the same time and spectacularly disappointing. Um I don't know. I mean every, everything that I can think of it is just is pure speculation. You know, there's there's thoughts to like maybe you know, you know, maybe some of the the influence that he's had on the receivers has kind of been like an attention to detail 
sort of thing. So they want to give him the ability to rotate through position groups, through practices in camp and so on and so forth, and kind of instill that attention to detail into the development of the other position groups while Dirk, you know, mainly focuses on Jameis and kind of just the overall, uh, uh, the scheme of the team, you know, um, and then part of me just thinks it's, it's like you said, Trevor, a publicity stunt. And part of me also thinks that they're kind of setting the stage so that in the preseason, you know, Todd can get some, some play calling opportunities. If it doesn't work, then they can write it off as, well, you know, we're just, you know, it's preseason. So just give them a shot at, at doing it. And, and there's no commitment there. So there's nothing to pull back from him. And if it works out great, then, you know, they can make the move and, uh, you know, do whatever. So I don't know, there, but it's all pure speculation, obviously. So I don't know. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump over to the the original reason that, that we asked Trevor on to the podcast, and that was to kind of cover the the Shrine game and the Senior Bowl. And I had, I had messaged Trevor a few weeks ago and said, hey, you know, you want to jump on the podcast and talk about uh, the Shrine game? And he goes, yeah, but, you know, you're asking me to come on on the busiest senior bowl day uh so let's go ahead and push it back and it's like all right well then we'll just we'll knock it all out at once and so trevor i I guess my my initial question is were there any players to you that just really jumped out and said you know what this guy would be perfect to to play in tampa whether it's you know, someone who can get after the quarterback you know a, a defensive back of some sort a running back you know who were who were the standout guys that had you walking away from from either weekend thinking, man, I hope to hear his name called for the Bucks in April? Um, we doing just East West Shrine, or do you want to do both? either or? Okay, either or doesn't matter. Um, to me. For East West Shrine, it's a little bit different. You're not necessarily going to have those guys. They're going to jump right out at you because. Obviously, the competition level is a little bit lesser. Sometimes you get those super diamond in the rough kind of guys, but I didn't really see many of those. Um, Joel Osman's uh, from Central Michigan's an interesting guy, um, kind of a pass rushing technician. Has a weird body frame, um, even though he's six three. It's kind of like uh, it, it's not necessarily like a like a longer six three like you would think for an edge player, but still, he kind of dominated the tackles that were there. There were a couple interior guys. I thought um, Brian Allen from Michigan State. He's a center. I thought he did really great, but again, he's a later round kind of a pick. Um, then Cody O'Connell, he's a giant guard, as well as Dijon Allen is a good guard. So there were some interior linemen who I thought could be possibility later picks for the Buccaneers, as well as uh, Chase Edmonds. He's the running back from Fordham. He was the best running back at the East-West Shrine events. Other than them, those are kind of the need players the Buccaneers might have been looking at. But uh, other than them, you know, Chris Worley, the linebacker from Ohio State, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was the best prospect that was there, but the Buccaneers don't really need a linebacker, even though Mark Duffner, the Bucks linebacker coach, um, he made sure to go up to Chris Worley afterwards and uh, introduce himself to him. So I thought that that was interesting. JT Barrett was obviously the best quarterback that was there from Ohio State as well. I wonder what a quarterback room would look like between JT Barrett and Jameis Winston. Oh, can we uh, not? Please, Trevor, you're killing team. me. Sorry, um, he was the best quarterback there. Sorry, I think I think we should pull up that thread a little bit, Trevor. How, what what do you think, JT Barrett for the Buccaneers? Oh Looks, no, I mean, that would like, be a great I, university to draft a player from. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I would I would like the fact that JT Barrett would be on the Buccaneers, and here's why: because 
this team, I think this year had a couple of chances where they could have played Ryan Griffin at any point. And yet here we are three years into a Ryan Griffin career and all the Buccaneers coaches can say about Ryan Griffin is, yeah, we like Ryan. We like having Ryan on the team. We like having him around. Okay. Well, you had multiple chances to start him this year and maybe not even start him, just see what he was like. And he still has yet to play a single snap of a regular season. So you obviously don't like him that much. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously getting up there in age. Who knows if he comes back? But JT Barrett's, I don't think, a starter in the NFL. But, like, in terms of a backup, I think he's I think he's totally fine. I think he's a guy who's – you could just see in the situation that he was in in the East-West Shrine week. Uh, different team, different offensive line, different wide receivers, different quarterbacks, whatever. He was calm, cool, collected the entire time, and he was playing – to basically his best the entire time. And is that not what you want from a backup quarterback, a guy who's going to come in, be a spot starter at times, um, who's not going to be super nervous under the bright lights or blow it for you? You're going to know you're going to get consistently from him. I think his arm is questionable that he, that he'll never be really a starting quarterback in the NFL. But, dude, in terms mm-hmm. of a backup, I'd, <laughs> I'd be a big fan of JT Barrett as the backup to Winston. Um, even if those are the only two quarterbacks on the roster, I think you could get away with that. You could stop carrying three. You could just carry two if they drafted JT Barrett late in the draft. And so that was kind of my take from, from East West Shrine Week. Those are the guys that I thought were potential Bucks targets. Not a lot of uh, a lot of uh, big-name guys or guys that would really move the needle for anybody, but uh, I thought those were the players that played well. I like it. I think we can put a bow on this episode right there. Ohio no State quarterback Buckeye quarterbacks Trevor second. <laughs> Trevor, were you on the episode when David kept trying to tell me that Troy Smith was a great quarterback who just got a raw deal? Wait, who is it? What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> David has continuously, because I always bring up the fact that Ohio State does no, not Troy produce. Smith is not good. Thank you. Troy Smith could have been an all-pro quarterback. Garbage. That he had the right coaching and system. Garbage. Should not have been. As, as should have Bobby Hoying. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, Troy Smith was every bit as good in the NFL as Wes Lunt would have been. Give me Wes Lunt over Troy Smith. Go Illinois. Trevor's just over there like, I root for Florida, so you guys are both crazy. <laughs> you can talk about Troy Smith all you want. I'm a Gators fan, so. Chris Chris Leak, right? Is that That's a Florida guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean, I think you mean national champion Chris Leak? Oh, nice. There you go. And Tim Tebow. Don't forget. Tebow. So, so last Barrett question, would you say JT Barrett's ceiling is like Tyrod Taylor or like, do you think he could even get to Tyrod Taylor? No, I think Tyrod's got a better arm. Tyrod's more athletic, but I mean, like in terms of production, like, like JT Barrett's ceiling is Alex Smith. So that's kind of what I would put it as. Like if you put him around the perfect system and you let him be enough of a game manager, I think Alex Smith probably has a, a little bit but has a better of an arm than JT Barrett does, but um, it's also like I'm trying to remember what Alex Smith was like just like right out of college because it's unfair to be like, okay, well, Alex Smith over the last three years, well, that's obviously not going to be JT Barrett as a rookie. So right. um, I'm thinking like Alex Smith is probably his ceiling. That would that would be where we're going with this. Not a bad career yep. if that happens. Speaking of which, not only was Alex Smith just traded to the Redskins, but he also is getting a four-year extension. So it's a total of a five-year deal. That's uh, too many years. Yeah, yeah that's that's, a, that's a lot of years. They're going to be drafting the quarterback before then. Oh, definitely. 
So let's go ahead and just place your bets now. Um, where is Kirk Cousins going to play? Denver. You think Denver? Yep. Denver. I think he goes I to play see, I can see Cleveland making a run at him. I think plenty of teams are going to make a run for him. I think he's ultimately going to choose Denver to play with LA mm-hmm. as the GM and an offense that isn't that far removed from like when Peyton Manning was there. So no, and then if the if the Broncos get a quarterback, they could theoretically go after Saquon or a second round running back or something. Well, you know, if if you really want to put a bet down on where Kirk Cousins is going to play, you should go to mybookie.ag because the big game is here and it's time to cash in big and bet the game at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect weekend for you to get into the action. You have a hunch on who's going to win the coin toss or what color Gatorade the winning coach will be bathing in. Log on now, check out the props, and get in on the action. Don't just watch the game. Lay down some money and be a part of it. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. MyBookie is the industry-leading online sports book, and its players enjoy the fastest payouts in the business when they win. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and our listeners, and that's why I urge you to make your way over to MyBookie. You win, they pay, without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They have in-game live betting, so you can even place bets after the kickoff. Join now and you score some free cash to place your Super Bowl wager on the game, on the prop bets, whatever you want. Right now, MyBookie is giving away up to $1,000 to every new player. You sign up and you score an instant 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right. If you join with $100, you'll get $150 to start throwing your bets around with. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to activate the offer. You play, you win, and you get paid. Trevor, what's your favorite uh, Super Bowl prop bet? I, the Okay, my favorite one is the length of the national anthem. Yes. Because that's like uh, like I, I have these I have side bets with friends of mine and we're just like sweating bullets the whole time. <laughs> well, you know who's doing it like, this year, like right? If you bet if you bet the under, you've never been you've never been less patriotic in your life, and you're just like <laughs> you're screaming at this person to shut up. Well, you you know who's singing it this year, right? Who is singing it? Pink. Take the over. Yeah. yeah but they long. but like Vegas always takes this into account, right? They sure it, as heck didn't with Lady Gaga. That was the easiest overbet ever. Yeah. Maybe you're right. See, I'm I'm all in on betting on what songs Justin Timberlake is doing at halftime. Okay. Okay. Like I'm I'm going I'll I'll claim it right here. He's opening not with his new song, which I can't remember the name of, but he's opening with um, the what is the song from Trolls that can't stop the feeling or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's opening with that one for sure. I feel like that's going to be the middle one. Now, I think he's going to go to some of the old stuff towards the middle. I think he's going to open with that one. Well, they only do Did how it? many songs he's going to do? Three. 
Four? No, no, he'll do more than that. He's got he's got twelve minutes. He's only doing three songs, man. Oh no, take the over. No, he'll do he'll do at least five. No way. Oh yeah, because he won't no. do full songs. He won't do full songs. Okay, you'll, I, get, you'll get verse chorus. If Bruce Springsteen busted out six or seven songs, I can't remember now. Yeah. I mean, Katy Katy Perry had six or seven songs in her, and like eighteen wardrobe changes. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I, I feel know, like man. you know way too much about Super Bowl halftime shows. Hey, look, he's doing his research for this bad man. Hey, if I'm gonna be spending my money on mybookie.ag on Justin Timberlake halftime show songs, I'm doing my research. I'm finding this stuff out. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to deep dive into YouTube and find other times the pink has done the national anthem so I can bet the over under on that one too. Cuz at this point I don't care about the game. I'll root for I I'm rooting for the Patriots just cuz I still have so much ill will towards the Eagles, but I just I just want to watch a 4-hour Justin Timberlake concert and that halftime show can be the Patriots getting the Lombardi. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, back over to uh, to a little bit of prospect talk, uh, Trevor. I, I know you guys at at the Pewter Report have been doing some mock drafts, and one of the guys that you're really high on is, is Quentin Nelson out mm-hmm. of Notre Dame. Sure. It, it's starting to sound like, and of course, we have m- months of speculation ahead of us, but it sounds like there's quite a few scenarios at this point where it looks like. Bradley Chubb could be falling to the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always those possibilities. We, you know, none of us thought that OJ Howard was going to fall to the Bucks, and and he did at 19 uh, in in the last draft. Are you in the camp of if if Chubb is available, he is a no brainer, or do you think that the Bucks are going to take into account the, you know, the need versus the the skill level available i mean is it honestly going to be best player available or is it going to be best player at the position of the most need kind of how do you see that being attacked it's not going to be well it depends how you view the players but it's not going to be best player available they have no choice they have to either pick a pass rusher or a an offensive lineman like that's it because if they don't they're they're screwed um that pass rushers was abysmal all year. And we even can go back into the preseason and you can go back and read some of the tweets from myself and Peter reports account. And we're like, uh, we know it's the preseason, but, um, they can't get to the quarterback. And like, yeah. that was with Noah Spence and everyone healthy. Like, and we were, when we were like, this is not good. And then they had by far the worst pass rush in the NFL. So it bled over. So when people tell you that the preseason doesn't matter, Look, man, the hints can still be there in the preseason. So mm-hmm. um, you got to look out for that. And so their pass rush is absolutely terrible. If Bradley Chubb is there at number seven and they're staying at number seven, I think he's a no-brainer. Um, even if Quentin Nelson is still on the board, you've got to pick a player who can get off to the quarterback. And especially if they're going to play – it depends what they're doing this offseason. Now, here's an interesting thing. You know, I think that they would like to stay in a, in a 4-3, ideally, but 4-3 did not work last year. You know, it just, there's no way around it. Um, And the players that are going to help this team the most in 2018 are not 4-3 players. They're 3-4 players. So we might honestly see a Buccaneers switch to a a 3-4. We've heard uh, from some people within the building that that is a legitimate possibility. We're not just blowing smoke to you guys. Like, they are really thinking about 
doing whatever they need to do to become a better defense because I look, I think everybody in the building knows this. Jason Light's on the hot seat, Dirk Cutter's on the hot seat, Mike Smith's on the hot seat. Everybody is. They're all in the hot seat. And if they miss the playoffs again next year, they're all gone. All of them. So they're they have to do whatever is going to help them be the best team in 2018 that they can. Now I'm not sure that means that they're going to sell the farm or some of the assets to make it happen, but in terms of who they might sign in free agency, who they might draft in the draft, that might affect what they ultimately end up doing. But all of that to circle around and say, if Bradley Chubb is there at number seven, he's going to be the pick. I assume that they would probably stay in a 4-3 if they end up picking Bradley Chubb. So I, I do think that he's probably the guy at number seven. And if it's not him, I think you might be looking at a trade down um, and them either taking Vita Vea from Washington or Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. It's going to be one of those. I think they're going to stay in the teens if they trade down ideally obviously and picking one of those guys because they still need to get better in a lot of areas and if they can trade down and get one of those two guys hey you know what you did pretty well for yourself if Bradley Chubb is gone so we'll have to see Kirk Cousins being on the open market makes things kind of interesting because before this happened there was a legit scenario where you could just see quarterbacks going the entire time basically before the Bucks picked but yeah. now Cousins is probably going to take one of those spots so it's one less team that's going to take a quarterback. So who knows, honestly, unless, unless Cousins signs with the Jaguars, which I think it's going to be either what I read was that the, the Cousins leads are Denver or Arizona, the Cardinals. It's going to be one of those two teams that are going to make the strongest run at him. So the Cardinals signing Cousins still helps the Bucks in their case for Bradley Chubb. Him going to the Broncos does not. So uh, we're going to have to see what happens there. Well, you, you touched on on free agency, and of course so much of what the Buccaneers do in the draft, so much of what every team does in the draft is a direct correlation to what happens in free agency. So you know, we, we can sit here and, and speculate all day long as to what direction they should go in, what direction they will go in, but depending on what these free agency halls are, you know, things can change in the blink of an eye. As it stands right now, who would be your number one offensive and your number one defensive free agent targets for the Bucks? And, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean like, obviously, if Le'Veon Bell becomes available, everybody right. will put him at number one. But as far as obtainable players that they can afford to go out and get, because yeah, you know, if they get rid of of Martin and they get rid of, of Ayers and, and Sweezy and this guy and this guy. I mean, they can free up over $80 million in cap space, but you have Mike Evans that has to be paid. Quan Alexander has to be paid. Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Jameis Winston, all these guys have to be paid. So you can't go out and drop, you know, $20 million a year on a running back. So as far as obtainable players, one offensive, one defensive and free agency, who would you – feel the Bucks should target? Who do you feel they may target? Who are your top choices? I mean, defense is tough because the two obvious ones are Demarcus Lawrence and Ezekiel Anza. If either of those hit free agency, those are the two pass rushers that you got to go all in for. I just don't know if they hit. So I, I don't know if they either of those players leave their own teams that they're currently on. Uh, so defense is kind of tough. I mean, even David Irving, who is the pass rusher for 
the Cowboys, who Bucks fans remember, is uh, destroying God Chicharellis for like four sacks uh, <laughs> last year. He's technically available, but they're going to tender him probably with a first round tender, which means he's not. I mean, you're not going to go after a guy that's got a first round tender because that means you have to give up a first round pick. And for the Bucks, I mean, it's a top 10 pick. So, right. I mean, they're just, they're not going to do that. Um, so, in that case, defense is really interesting. Offense is a little bit easier because offense, there's, there's two players, I'll say, Deion Lewis and Jarek McKinnon. I think they're pretty much the same kind of player in terms of the role that they're going to play. So, I, that's why I named both of them. I think both of them are a lot more of a complete back than they get credit for. Uh, I think McKinnon's kind of been held back his entire time in Minnesota. They've always tried to handcuff him with somebody else. I really think McKinnon, McKinnon is very talented. I think he's athletic as hell. Um, I think he can uh, run through contact better than people give him credit for. I think he's kind of an all-purpose back in that sense. And then Deion Lewis, I think, has evolved into, again, a, a, a lower to mid-tier all-around back, if you will. And even if it's a guy that you're pairing with Peyton Barber because you're going to have to have a certain amount of running backs on your team. And so picking up one of those guys on offensive free agency – pairing them with Peyton Barber and then still drafting a running back in like, say late day two, like that third round. That's a good strategy for, for the bucks on offense, I think. Okay. So in something that I wrote for, for the pewter plank was about how, you know, Peyton Barber deserves that, that timeshare with whoever it is that the bucks bring in. And, And I firmly believe that they're going to sign a running back in free agency as well as draft one. I think, uh, you know, the writing's been on the wall for for Doug Martin now for almost a year. Uh, you know, we all thought it was going to happen before this past season. It didn't. It, it most certainly will happen this season. And I don't see Charles Sims returning either. Uh, I don't understand Cutter's infatuation with Charles Sims, but he just he does nothing but telegraph what the Bucks are about to do offensively. Yeah, if they have someone, as you mentioned, like Deion Lewis, who who's effective in both facets, if they're lucky enough that they can draft someone like um, Sonny Michelle from from Georgia, who's just unbelievable in both the run and pass game, yeah, there's no need for a Charles Sims anymore. And did did I pronounce his name right? Is it Sony Mich- or Sonny Michelle or is it Sony Michael? I, I, what, no, it's you- Sony Michelle, kind of a combination of. Both of those that you just said. Sony Michelle. Okay. So I wasn't crazy when I looked at it. I'm like, oh, so Sony like PlayStation. But then I, I thought yeah. I heard someone say Sonny and I was like, all right, well, and then I guess it's just a, a fun little spelling there. Um, David, you, you got anything? I know you're feeling a little under the weather. So you kind of been, you kind of been hiding uh, throughout the episode. I'm just, I'm enjoying the conversation as always. Trevor always brings good <laughs> stuff. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm good. But um, I did have a free agent to uh, to ask you about. Um, so I know you know everybody's been talking about Hansa and, and and all that. And Lawrence is obviously an enticing player if he hits the market as well. But what about Don Terry Poe? Because because uh, I feel like with the Falcons at ten million dollars projected in salary cap space, he drew eight million dollars in 2017 alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he said he wants to be back in Atlanta, but he pretty much made it clear that he's not taking a discount just to come back. And kind of looking at their roster, like, I don't know where they're going to make moves to clear enough space to really warrant or uh, justify bringing them back. Because it's pretty much going to kill their cap space, you know, and then they've got their rookies to bring in. And it pretty much eliminates their ability to to draw any other free agents. And so if he hits the open market, how would you feel about, about Poe coming in? Because, I mean, 
uh, like we, we all kind of talked about, you, you, if you if you drop Baker's guaranteed money and add Pose, you're not going to break even, but you're not going to break the bank either, especially sure. with how much cap space the Bucks have. Yeah, I mean it all. I mean again, it depends. Like it, it depends what you think Don Terry Poe is going to give you, and it it might be a recircling around of the philosophy that they went into twenty seventeen with. It, you know, they wanted to get bigger up front, um, but they wanted to stay pass rush versatile at the same time. What's sometimes tough to do is they figured out by signing Chris Baker, who played you know played interior defensive line for the Redskins including his last year that he was there and he was a he was a very good pass rush player from that spot and buck signed him hoping they could get the same thing he got blown up in the run game got undisciplined in his in pass rush obviously never came to fruition what they wanted him to be i think that his time in tampa is gone uh so i'm with you there but uh poe is i i you know they're gonna take a look at all of these guys and if they want to keep the same philosophy of Staying big in the middle, getting bigger, um, trying to stick with a pass rushing player as that nose tackle player. I think that there's a chance that you could take a look at Ontario Poe um, because you're right that that cap space is almost going to just be a split. You're paying a little bit of extra money, but again, you're hoping you get a, you're getting a better player. And if they think they're going to get a better player, if they think the Poe is going to be that guy that they envisioned that they were getting in 2017, perhaps they make the move. So that's a possibility. I don't know how much of it is yet. I haven't heard Poe's name be brought up, you know, within the walls of one buck place or anything like that. But so I can't say anything for there, but I've got to think that they're taking a look at everybody. All right. Well, David, you, you have anything else for our guest before we let him, uh, let him get cracking on, uh, on his cover three. No, I know you got a busy night ahead of you, Trevor. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. No, guys, I always enjoy it. I really do. Um, yeah, cover three uh, for everybody who's wondering. It's going to be about the the two tight ends in Tampa Bay. Was it worth it? Was it good? What it looks like going forward? I know Cameron Brate's coming up with a with an impending deal of whether he's going to stay with the Bucks long term, whether OJ Howard's going to take over there, whether it's worth keeping them both. So I'm going to kind of hopefully break that down for some fans for tomorrow, um, for tomorrow and beyond, and uh, we'll be able to see if it'll, it'll be worth it for him. Awesome. Right. And one thing I did want to tell you, Trevor, so sorry, James. Um, no, you're good. You're good. So I'm going to be in Mobile next year um, for my oh, first heck time yeah, man. Uh, heading down there. I don't know what capacity yet I'm going to be there. Uh, I've got a few things kind of trying to line up and see just exactly what capacity I'll be there under. But uh, definitely, you know, if if we were kind of talking before we started recording about some of the surprises and stuff of your experiences there, you know, if, if you're not uh, too busy to, to take a, a Mobile rookie under your wing, I'd appreciate uh meeting up with you down there no man it, mobile is a lot of fun um mobile i i said this in the article that when i wrote the recap Mo- mobile alabama for the senior bowl is like the three quickest days of my life because <laughs> so many things happen but uh absolutely man you you and i will uh we'll be sure to link up there and there's no other place and no other time where uh you could just go to a random hole in the wall bar in a small little town in the south and you can see guys like jerry jones and john harbaugh and uh, awesome. just sitting there drinking beers, talking to other scouts, other head coaches, all this kinds of stuff. So Mobile is definitely a gem. So I'm glad that you're getting to go and we'll definitely link up. Great, man. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, and, and speaking of which Trevor, I don't know how you guys divvy up the road games for, for pewter report, mm-hmm. but you need to make sure that you claim Cincinnati. Okay. 
Okay. Because I'll I'll be at the Cincinnati game. I believe David's coming in town to go to the Cincinnati game. So that gives the chance for the three of us to meet up, grab a beer. Um, I won't make you eat Skyline, even though you should. Uh, but yeah, give us, give us know, a chance to. Is, wait, what is Skyline? What is Skyline? Skyline it's is supposed to be Cincinnati. Chili. It's Cincinnati chili. And what it, it's not chili the way anybody else thinks of chili. It's not like a hearty soup. It's a, it's a topping. And they put it on spaghetti or on hot dogs. I'm extremely intrigued. So I think I if might you eat it on game day, though, you'll get fired because you won't be able to spend enough time actually watching the game to cover it. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> but no, I, I, I prefer. I'm trying to go to as many road games as I possibly can. That's what I try to do this year. So I'm, I'm going to try to do it next year. So hopefully, I'll, I'll mark down Cincinnati as one that uh, I got to try to make it to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, you got Newport on the levee in Kentucky directly across from the stadium. We'll hop over there, hit up the Hofbrau House. It's a, it's a brewery. Uh, have a couple beers, hang out, and uh, and have a good time. Sounds like a plan. Uh, all right, and of course, everyone can find Trevor on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. Uh, follow all of his work over at PewterReport.com. Subscribe to the Pewter Nation podcast if you are obviously you are a Bucks fan if you're listening to this, but also if you are a draft geek and and just love everything about the nfl draft make sure you're listening to locked on nfl draft right here on the locked on network with trevor and john ledyard make sure that you're following everything that we do over at the pewterplank.com we have day 22 of our 40 teams in 40 days coming out today focusing on the draft prospects from the lsu tigers uh and you can scroll back and check out the other 21 teams that we've done just don't look at the Ohio State one because nobody likes the Buckeyes. Make sure that you're following That's us on funny. Twitter at the Pewter Plank, at Locked On Bucks, at Yarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. And thank you all so much for joining us here at Locked On Bucks.